Great, thanks, Jill, very much indeed. We start uh, then a new series today called uh, Rise Up, hopefully in a minute. You'll have something on the screen. Maybe not. There we go. Okay, let's get um, social media buzzing. The hashtag is time to rise up because the hashtag rise up will make your tweet disappear into uh, hundreds of tweets from the Atlanta Falcons American football team. And that wasn't quite where we wanted to go. So uh, hashtag time to rise up. It's the story, this series of Elijah and his protege, Elisha. We're in the Old Testament. We're 800 years before Jesus when Israel was ruled by King Ahab. He was the 19th consecutive evil and ungodly king the nation of Israel had had. Can you imagine it? And he led the nation to turn its back on the living God to the gods of Baal and the gods of Asherah. These were dark times indeed when Ahab was king. Those who worshipped Baal would engage in all kinds of evil. They would sacrifice their children. They would engage in ritual prostitution. And they would call all of that simply an act of worship. We pick up the story, as we heard, in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 29. When we read about Ahab, who became king and the length of time that he ruled. And we learn that Ahab treated as trivial what King Jeroboam, the previous king, had done. Now, Jeroboam had set up in the temple two golden calves... And he called the nation to bow down to those golden calves and to say, these are the gods that brought us out of Egypt. Now, if you know anything about the story of the people of Israel, you will know it couldn't have got more insulting, more rude, more blasphemous, more dishonorable than to say of these golden calves... These are the gods that brought us out of Egypt. The second thing that Ahab did that was uh, evil, uh, as recorded here, is to marry Jezebel. The most wicked woman, some say, in history. Don't call your daughter Jezebel, if you were thinking of it. Uh, We were in a restaurant uh, a while back. Happy birthday, dear Nero. Nero? Someone actually called their kid Nero. Apologies if you're called Nero uh, this morning. I I know he murdered all the Christians, but it's a lovely name. So no Jezebel, no Nero, none of that. Into this situation that has gone unchecked, this evilness that has gone unstopped now for decades, Elijah rises up. Get it? Rise up. Elijah rises up. You're a hard audience this morning. Elijah rises up and says, enough is enough. Elijah says, this can't go on. Today, I'm taking a stand. Into these dark times, one man rises up and says, enough is enough. I'm taking a stand. Stand. And with that, Elijah, verse 1 of 17, bursts into the king and he says to the king, Look, mate, it's not going to rain and there will be no dew simply until I say. It was genius. It was brilliant. Ahab, you have turned this nation against the living God to worship idols and now there will be no rain. And the reason it was genius is that they believed the gods of Baal and Asherah provided the rain which produced the harvest. 
In one word, Elijah brought an agricultural economy to its knees and reminded everyone who's really in charge. Elijah says, I will not stand by anymore while this nation puts its trust in idols when it is the living God who provides. I will not sit by while you celebrate Baal as your great provider. I will not stand by while this nation bows down to what is false in the face of what is true. And so the story begins of a journey that will see the transformation of a nation and a new community of faith to emerge. And we're going to follow that story through to Christmas. That's just 15 weeks away. So if you want something from Argos, I suggest you get in the queue this afternoon. But what, where's the connection? Where does Elijah's world touch ours? What has it got to do with us? Elijah lived at a time when the honour of the Lord was at stake. He lived at a time when pagan religions were sweeping the land. He lived at a time when people were turning their back on the living God and the forces of darkness were lining up against his kingdom. Elijah lived in a time when all kinds of acceptableness was becoming acceptable and all kinds of lies were being peddled as truth. Do you see the connection? Do you understand how his time is actually our time? That his day, his experience, his world is our day, our experience, our world. And because the honour of God was at stake and because evil was flourishing and people were lost, Elijah rises up and makes a stand. But probably and understandably, it's not enough for us to make just those connections. So what if his world is our world, it's so many people's world? So what if his day is our day? That's been true at uh, uh, numerous occasions through the history of, uh, of, of the known world. You see, the, the difference is that I'm not Elijah and maybe you feel neither are you. How, what difference could I make? How could I make a stand? If I was to rise up, who would notice and would anybody care? And yes, I guess you're right. You're just you, and I'm just me. But linger on that verse one just for a moment. And with this verse, we come to a close. Verse one Elijah, what do we know? There are three things we know about Elijah. We know that he's got a name. Hands up if you like your name. Hands up if you don't like your name. Hands up if you haven't got one. Good. Second thing we know about Elijah is that he's come from somewhere, Tishbite. It's a bit off the beaten track, northeast of the capital. Hmm. You think of somewhere a bit off the beaten track, northeast of the capital? Norwich! He he comes from somewhere. Hands up if you come from somewhere. So you've got a name and you come from somewhere. 
And the third thing we know about Elijah is that he serves the Lord. Who, who serves the Lord? Who ser- There's some hands. Well, well trained. What if Elijah's day is our day? And Elijah's time is our time. And we are the Elijah's of our day. Because like Elijah, we have a name, we come from somewhere, and we serve the Lord. All the ingredients that we have here. How do I know that this is our time and we are the Elijah's of our day? Well, because we serve the same God he did. We serve the same God who throughout history has sought to bring hope where there is hopelessness, light where there is darkness, healing where people feel broken, restoration where people feel torn apart. We serve the same God who can bring a nation to its knees, who can soften the hardest of hearts, who can disarm the powers of darkness. We serve the same God who can turn the hell of a Good Friday into the miracle of an Easter Sunday. The same God who when he wants to bring about his purpose in the world, have you noticed, looks for a man or a woman that will go, yes, I will rise up. I will make a stand. I will say, enough is enough. And put that stake in the ground. And we are today's Elijah's. Not only because we serve the same God, but because we are stirred by the same Spirit. Elijah went to Ahab, not with some clever idea that he'd woken up with after a bad pizza. God had been stirring Elijah's heart. And this was the moment. Elijah went in the power, the guiding, the the, the anointing of a God who was stirring him up. What is God stirring up in you if you will let him? What is God stirring up in you if you would let him? And I say if you'd let him because it's so easy for a hundred and one things to squeeze out what God might stir up in our hearts. We get a glimpse of God's vision for us and it's too big and we get scared and we get fearful and we put it to one side because it's too much. Imagine the first time Elijah thought about going and standing in front of Ahab and his wife Jezebel. I can't do that. I'm only Elijah the Tishbite. I'm only George from Ipswich or Peter from Kesgrave or Mary from Martlesham. Have I upset everybody now? It's too big. All of the greats were ordinary people who allowed God to stir them up. The Wilberforces, Shaftesbury's, Mullers, Careys, the Nightingales. All those who saw what was going on in the world and allowed the reality enough is enough to grow in their hearts. Great revivalists like Edwards and Whitfield and Wesley and Evan Roberts and all the rest of them allowed the reality that they saw to touch and to begin to stir their hearts as God's Spirit moved Upon them. Sometimes we, 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 we're just too busy for whatever God might want to stir up in us. On Wednesday night, before school on a Thursday, I began to make the pack lunches, which is the worst job in the whole world. And I thought, this is it. 
Twelve more months of uniforms and looking for odd socks and making packed lunches together. What are you doing that's so important that you haven't got time for what God might stir up in you? What have we got that's so important that we haven't got time for what God's stirring up in us? So what is it? What is it? In your family, what, do you, what does God stir up? Hey, enough's enough. For, for Kerry and I recently, God's been stirring up about prayer. It's not that we don't pray, but we don't pray well enough. You know, there's prayer and there's prayer. And God's been stirring up in us, so we've got to build a, a deeper, stronger foundation as a family to pray for both our family and our ministry. And there needs to come a point in that journey where we agree together in the name of Jesus, enough's enough. We're not going to carry on the way we've carried on. We're going to take a stand and say, no, we're going to go for something different. You've heard me say before about seeking someone that would disciple us to pray. I preached a series on prayer for a whole year. I can give you all the stuff, but I need to learn to pray at a deeper Level. We need to pray at a deeper level. We set aside a time in an evening, every evening, to try and stop at 7 o'clock in an evening as a rhythm to pray. At the moment, it's a really hard discipline. And we miss them. And sometimes we get it right, and sometimes we don't. And I'm telling you, not because that's impressive, I'm telling you because it comes out of failure. And we need you guys to go, hey, how's that praying doing? And you need us to do the same for you. What is it in your family today where you need to go, hey, enough's enough. I, 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 can't just go on like this. We've got we to take a stand. A relationship that's sour, an attitude or a habit that's destructive. Enough's enough. I'm making a stand. I'm rising up. What is it at school or work? A culture of backbiting or gossiping, speaking badly of people or twisting the truth. The co-worker who's always isolated or rejected. The sexual innuendos, the coarse jokes. What is it for you where you say, enough's enough, I'm going to make a stand? What is it in your neighbourhood where you go, hey, enough's enough, I, I want to see this change. Most neighbourhoods, I've got some of my neighbours here, so I have to be really careful what I say now. Jonathan and Alison, God bless you. I actually live right next door. Can you imagine anything worse, honestly, than living next door to us? We must be the right nightmare family next door. And um, there we are. Pray for them afterwards. And, um, but, but you know, uh, everyone's behind the neck curtain. Do you still have neck curtains? My great aunt had neck curtains. You could go like this behind the neck curtains and people walking past couldn't see you. Unless it was dark and the light was on. And then you don't do that, do you? But behind our doors... In every neighbourhood, there are people lost and lonely and scared and fearful and frightened that go in and out and don't really talk and don't really connect and don't know who they are and what they're about. And you can say, in my neighbourhood, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to start serving some people. I'm going to start doing it differently some way, somehow. What is it? That if you were to let God stir you up, what would he be stirring you up about? Where does your heart connect and engage what causes the hairs on the back of your neck to rise and if only we would listen the Elijahs in all of us would begin to look our Ahabs in the eyes we can't do it all in a moment 
But we can look our Ahabs in the eyes and say, today's the day I'm taking a stand. Let's pray.